All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're watching Leafs Morning Tea. With host Nick Alberta and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. All right, what's good? Presented by Batano, it's time for the Wednesday edition of Leafs Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill with you. What's going on, Rosie? How are you, buddy? I'm sore and my neck hurts and I'm old and <clears throat> I'm mad. And weirdly enough, this is not about watching the Leafs game. We have some eyewitness video from a charity game last night somewhere in buttfuck alberta probably jay rosehill took to the uh, <laughs> it was a charity game Break i have down for us i haven't skated in like well i've skated coaching but i haven't had my gear on in like three or four years and we had a uh a charity game it was the old uh women women's college broncos team playing against some huh? first responders and we had a game nice charity thing everyone's out there i'm barely wearing elbow pads and some young lady had the audacity to put me up in the rafters after a little cross ice saucy, and I'm feeling it today. And sadly, there's video. Of it. I think the crowd reaction makes the video. So, what's going through your head? You get the puck, you're ready for the breakout pass, and you're like, oh shit, she's going to finish her check. Oh, I'm admiring a little cross ice sauce daddy right on the money. And then I notice she's a little close and oh, she's going to finish me. Okay, this will be funny. I'll kind of bounce up against the boards. I'm about two feet further away from the boards than I realize, And there was no stopping me <laughs> from uh, from going down on that one. But uh, it was funny to get rattled around a little bit. And let next shift, I grabbed that 50 and I started hooking her and I said, hey, we going or what? And she goes, you want to drop them? And I just started dying laughing. It was it was a lot of fun. The girls were awesome. And uh, 
was uh, I wish I could say it was awesome to get the stuff back on, but uh, man, the legs burn up in about three yeah. hard strides. It's uh, I'm no no Noah Gregor out there putting the Jets on anymore. Oh man, like if there was a game for Jay Rosehill to be just rock hard, it was last night. Both fourth lines score. Fucking Noah Gregor scores a shootout winner. We think the game's over. It's not. We're going to get to all of it on the show today. Also, Jeff O'Neill from TSN, former Toronto Maple Leafs, going to drop by in about 20 minutes from now. We're going to get his sort of depiction of this season so far for the Maple Leafs. We've got plenty ahead. Uh, but I wanted to start with Sheldon Keefe using you know something from his chamber that he hasn't really, really used in his uh, tenure as the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He blew up the bench. I'd love to get your thoughts on that because we haven't seen that very often. Explain. Oh, when he lit him up? Yeah. Fucking right, man. I mean, you have to do that sometimes, man. It's not desperation. It's not a lack of composure. This is a this is a, a majorly high intensity, high emotional, fast paced game. And if you think you're gonna go through an NHL season with the Toronto Maple Leafs just all, always just being even keel and uh, level headed, then I don't think you're the guy for the job, man. Like it requires this sometimes and I love it. And, and sometimes as a group, you know, you get too many guys as a bit of passengers, hoping other guys are kind of going to do it. Too many guys are kind of in the back of their mind thinking, I don't, I don't feel it tonight. I don't have it tonight. And whoa, the guy behind you just puts everyone on blast and, all right, all right, all right. Deep breath. Let's go. Next shift, I got to do something. Got to hit someone. Got to get a shot. Got to get in their zone. Got to move my feet. And everyone kind of gets a little wakey-wakey call. I love it. The great thing is he didn't have to apologize after the game. I think it was last Seriously. year where he sort of berated the team or called somebody out and he had to apologize. No apologies this time and weren't warranted, man. I I don't know what was going on in the first half of that game. I didn't think they were particularly great last night. They don't win if it weren't for Joseph Wall. But that first period, I did not expect that. And it's funny that. He used that after the 1-1 goal. So Gregor ties it up to make 1-1. Then it's interesting, too, that Bertuzzi always seems to be the guy. It's like he's the new Michael Bunting. But then, like, Keith's nowhere to be found when Willie Nylander, or whatever the fuck that was in the 1-0 goal, where uh, Mike or, uh, Lomberg, Ryan Lomberg just swatted him off like he was a flea. And then next thing you know, it's it's 3-on-1 down low. And, like, Wall had to make 27 saves before they put it in. Like, it's egregious, the missed assignments for this team. And I think that blow up was warranted. It's long overdue in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. You, you can't, you can't start games like that. I mean, you're on a two game losing streak. Everyone's been talking about how you're not good enough and you gotta, you gotta find some consistency has always been the word being used. And then you just show up and, and you're not showing up. Like why is, why is Bertuzzi so lost on his assignment at certain, like, is the system not right? Is he not used to it? it has he been doing that with the previous teams he's been playing on? Uh, I didn't think that I knew of a pattern of him doing that. And uh, mistakes happen, of course. Yeah. But like you said, it sometimes it seems to, to land on his shoulders more often than not. And you just wonder, like, <clears throat> are these guys having trouble finding the formula? I, I know they are. And, you know, it's only 20 games in. Okay. But like the system should fit the players. They should all understand it. They should all be on board with it. It should be second nature for them by now even. But uh, it, they're having trouble with it. And then you can look at that win two different ways. You can say nobody was good enough. <clears throat> you know, you got lucky that your fourth line bailed you out and your goalie bailed you out. But on the other hand, you can say, hey, that's how good teams win. 
You're not all, you can't rely on your big boys all the time. You got to have depth scoring. You got to be able to get some goaltending. You got to have a, a well-rounded team where, you know, you yin and yang and ham and egg. And sometimes the fourth line is going to get your goals. Sometimes the third line, sometimes your big boys will win it for you. Sometimes your goalie will steal the show. Like that's a well-rounded roster. And, you know, I look at it on the positive and say, Hey, when guys like Noah Gregor are chipping in, that's the depth that this team needs, that good teams need, that playoff teams need, that uh, that we saw a little bit of last night. So you can look at it a couple different ways, but I, I choose to look at it um, on the positive note, tight checking, low scoring game. You know, you get some uh, some other guys come in and step up for you. The power of positivity for sure. Again, that's Jay Rosal. I'm Nick Alberga. This is the Wednesday edition of Lease Warning Take. YouTube.com slash the Leafs Nation 401, where you could subscribe at the Leafs Nation 401. Once again, where you could subscribe here on YouTube. If you're watching, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. If you're not as well, just search Leafs Morning Take wherever you find your podcast and we'll pop up as well. Brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25, that's code NATION25. For 25% off your first order with DoorDash, offer valid in Canada, subject to change, terms apply. Again, Jeff O'Neill's coming up in about 15 minutes from now. But have you ever seen a game like that where I think we got a, a taste of both, a taste of defeat where it, it stung, man? Like you saw them lose that game, and then all of a sudden they reverse the call, they come back, Gregor scores a shootout winner, and it's amazing how different that feel is. Have you ever seen that, Rosie? Um, <clears throat> trying to think maybe like some overtime goals where, you know, in overtime, the well bench back. clears out and you get your thing and everyone gets off and the refs are kind of looking at things. And then you got to call guys back out from the, the locker room. I have seen that it's rare that the other side, the losing side, quote unquote, doesn't have any idea that there's an infraction or, or something illegal happening. Usually they're the ones yelling and, and the winning team is, is trying to scurry off the ice to end it, hoping the refs don't go too deep with it. But uh, it was weird that you say, you see like wall and Kiefer back in the locker room, keeps in his coach's room. Wall's gear is half off. It's uh it's kind of funny. And, and it was the right call a hundred percent on a shootout. You can't, you can't get two whacks at the puck. You get one shot. You can't play your rebound, which that clearly was. So I like the fans, man, like that place seemed very loud, at least on TV when they yeah. announced that uh, it was a double tap puck and everyone went bonkers. And then everyone's smiling, excited as hell funneling back. The ushers are hurrying everyone back into the away from the concourse, back to the ice to see the rest of the shootout. So it was just some excitement and uh, ended up on the Leafs uh, winning side, which is nice. That was actually one of my notes um, for the game is like the, the Tuesday night crowd slightly better than the Monday night crowd. But like, isn't this a team they played in the playoffs last year? Like, aren't you supposed to hate Sam Bennett? Like, it was so quiet. Again, we've had this conversation, but it's like watching the game reminded me of like even Seattle. Like they hate players. They hate Kale McCarr in Seattle. Like it's it's hilarious that they boo the shit out of these guys. You go to Toronto, fucking Sam Bennett puts Matthew Nyes out for the playoffs. I guess everybody has amnesia, but I'm not even going to touch on that. We, we've touched on the crowd already. I want to stick to the positivity. Noah Gregor, man, has been a phenomenal story. Ryan Reese is on the ice again um, for that goal with Gregor. But that, that, that's a pretty electric shot he has. And good on Sheldon Keith to play the hot hand in the shootout. They come back, Gregor snipes, and uh, the misfortunes switch the other way for the Leafs team. They don't often get those bounces, but they obviously got it last night. 
Yeah, we know the the good Alberta boy's got some speed, but mm-hmm. apparently he's got a wicked shot too. And <clears throat> to go top left both times, he's already beat him top left. Uh, I think it's top blocker. Obviously, that's uh, going back to it on the shootout. Is it's ballsy to put your fourth line guy in when you got all that firepower yeah. for Keith and it's ballsy for Gregor to go back to top left and roasted them both times, man. He's got a shot as well. And, um, you know, when we interviewed him, when he got that PTO and throughout camp, we thought, you know, we could use some speed, we could use some depth. And, you know, now he's got a little bit of a, a scoring touch that he's shown. At least he's capable. I mean, that's exactly the guy that needs to step up in the playoffs and and be one of those guys. Like every time a team wins a Stanley Cup, you're looking at those depth pieces and say, boy, did X, Y, or Z really step up this year, really come out in the playoffs, really contribute to this team. You're not looking at them to score a million goals, but they got to contribute. They got to be a force. You can't, they can't just be a filler, a, a meat on a seat that goes out there and gives your, your top two lines a little bit of a rest. You got to be more than that to go deep in the playoffs. And when Noah Gregor's playing like that, he's showing that he's a candidate to do exactly that. Man, to me, by far, far and away, the number one star of last night was Joseph Wall, which obviously is an incredible development. It's been a turbulent stretch for this kid, but he he was so good in that game. 38 saves, thought he was good in OT, good in the shootout. What a sloppy overtime, man. The third period and OT, like, it's like the Leafs wanted Florida to win the game, man. The, the D-zone uh, turnovers were egregious, and the scary part was it, it was some of their star players that were doing it. Marner. Tavares, like Matthews, like it, I don't know. I don't, this team is not in a good place right now. I know they won this game and I think you need, you need games throughout the season. You can speak to this where your goalie steals a show. And, and, and that was one of them last night. That's all I'll pretty much say on it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a one-one shootout win. It's uh, you didn't have much going on on the on the offensive side of things. And you're lucky to have like that easily could have been a three, one loss regulation and it just looks horrendous but they pulled one out again on the positive side you got to be able to pull out a win when you don't have your best stuff that's a huge character trait Mm -hmm. but i do agree with you like sometimes when it's like overtime for example when they have the puck it's almost like it's almost like arrogance like yeah no real urgency we got this and then on the defensive side of the puck it's like whoa whoa well, looking around, spinning around, looking around like they've never really gone over it before and they don't know where to be. So that that's concerning, no doubt about it. Um, yes, Wool stole the show. I just love when he looks poised and big and in oh, position. So like good. it's just he he doesn't react uh wildly. He he reacts calmly and poised, and it's just it just instills confidence in the whole bench. When you've got a goaltender back there that's just on his game, guys just love it, man. It's just such a confidence booster and uh you can free yourself up a little bit and not feel like you got to be running around like a chicken with your head cut off to make up for the the out of position goaltender that could be that night. So some positives and certainly some, some negatives and some things to work on after that game. Again, nice to pull off the two points. It's, it's a, it's a good trait to have to be able to win when you don't have your best stuff, but we're tired of talking about the Leafs not having their best stuff. Yeah, I know that that's the theme of this season. Now, 20 games into an 82 game slate, very inconsistent start for the Maple Leafs. And I'm right there with you on wall. Very refreshing to have a goaltender like that, where it's like, you don't even think twice. He's going to make the stop. He's very calm, cool and collected for the most part. Again, he's been turbulent the last little while, but again, that's a massive, massive bounce back game for him. What'd you think of Mitch Marner in the birdcage? I, I think this guy deserves a lot of credit. So it takes a, a puck off the jaw. looks like he needed some zippers too. And comes back with the birdcage for the second period, man. Look at that. 
I know. I could see him just wearing it for the rest of his career. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I Kidding. Just he took a he took a hard shot and right in the side of the jaw there. I mean that there's no meat there. That rattles your whole brain when you get hit there. I mean that knocks guys out getting hit just by the button there. You can tell it hit him hard because uh, you know he's split open. It looked like there's got to be five stitches there. Throws a cage on, understandably so, and comes back on. It's it's good to see. Um, you know, a lesser man could have stayed out of the game and missed yes. the next one too. Saying good choice Lord of words. What. At the end of the day, it's a it's a big deep bruise. I doubt it's a, a cracked jaw or anything like that. And uh, you throw a cage on away you go. So good on him for staying in the game. That's uh, that's some rare toughness coming out of Mitch Marner, but it's good to see. It's uh, interesting. I knew you're going to have some jabs uh, headed his way after watching that take place. But again, I got to give him credit for coming back. I mean, it's easy for us to say watching and, and maybe more so me having not really felt the way that feels. But I think he deserves a lot of credit for coming back. Obviously, pretty uncomfortable coming back with the birdcage on too. But it's funny. We all saw the infamous clip there in the first period of the trainer. One of the trainers going over to Sheldon Keefe and Keefe's face like sort of grimacing, like being like, oh, shit. I'm guessing that was about Mark Giordano because they lost yeah. Gio and that whole thing where everybody was talking about Mitch Marner, Gio went down and didn't come back. Uh, they're calling it an upper body injury. They're saying he's going to miss some time. This team, again, their their depth has been challenged already on the back end, but you watched last night specifically. Every time I looked, it was either Morgan Riley or Jake McCabe on the ice. Connor Timmons was a fucking disaster last night. Like there was a couple, I, I thought Benoit was. Uh, Pretty decent. I mean, it showed his veteran sort of skill set uh, to really hunker down in that game. I thought he was decent. Uh, I thought Timmons was. It was a tough night for him. Morgan Riley was was fantastic, and that's been the story of the early going of this season. But this team's depth is going to be tested. I know everybody today's calling for a trade. I just really can't figure out a team out there that's really ready to sell on November 29th. Like even Calgary, man, they keep winning and winning and winning. Uh, and who's going to help the Leafs sell right now, too? Yeah, it's it's tough, man. They don't have a deep enough back end to rely on their depth. You know, you're asking for guys that are supposed to be and rightfully so slated further down in your depth on the back end. You're, you know what, your six, seven, eight defensemen are asking to be, you know, jumping up two, three spots in that lineup. That's that's a big ask out of those guys. Um, sometimes, you know, guys like Benoit and whatnot, they can step up and we've seen over the last, <clears throat> excuse me, year and a half, the, the Leafs back end be able to stay up and, and, and hold these guys in. They've actually done a pretty good job of doing that in the past, but it's tough to rely on a, on a, on a decor that you already think is, is lean to run even leaner and le losing Mark Giordano. Like you could see it on Keith's face. He goes, cucks. Like, are you kidding me? Cause it, it, it hurts and it stings. And when that's what you're trying to shore up and that's what you're trying to fix and you just get depleted even more, it's a big loss. And defense is such an important part of a team um, to go down and to, to lose pieces when you don't even have that, that much depth is, is concerning. And you, the only one thing you're going to have to do is, is rely on those guys to step up and play bigger minutes and play a bigger role and play tighter. And of course a trade would come in, but you know, if, if tree living kind of works the phones a couple times, you think he hasn't already done that. It's been weeks True. and calls a couple GMs. Hey, how you doing? What are you thinking on this guy? And, no, we're all good. We're not. No, we're looking We're we're heading the right direction and not looking to sell that piece at all. W what do you do? Just call them the next day huh? as if that conversation didn't happen. There's only so many pieces that you're interested in. There's only, 
you know, a certain amount of responses you can get out of that. And a lot of the time it's going to be, well, let's wait and see. And let, we're going to wait till Christmas. And then you just, yeah. what, do you, what do you want to do? Just snap your fingers and it doesn't work like that. So everyone wants a trade to come up. And every day I'm watching my phone, hoping that I see a trade break, but it just, it doesn't happen like that. And you got to understand and, you know, you got to, you got to work with what you have. And it's just a tough position to have Geo go down and, and be even leaner on that back end. Again, I just don't think anybody's going to help the Leafs out right now. And I think it's important to stress that this sort of happened to this team last November where they were really stripped of their depth on the back end and still rallied, still found a way. I think it was Brody and Riley and others out of the lineup. So the only, the only difference is I think this team is a bit worse off, obviously, defensively when it comes to the forwards, when it comes to the D, that I don't know if patchwork's going to work this time around, but they got to tighten things up. Like you need more of what we saw last night where it's like a two, one, a one, one type hockey game, a three, two type game. And at this point, Rosie, the jury's still out. If that team can play that way, that's brought them success. Maybe the last couple of years at bits and pieces throughout the regular season. Yeah, it's still out. They've, they've just shown inconsistency, right? We keep going back to that word. We just want to see this, this team have an identity that they can lean on and rely on. And instead of always trying to find it and not really sure how to access that and, and what to do in certain situations. And you just want to see some, some more solidarity throughout the bench of understanding what to do and when to do it. And it seems like they haven't found that. Um, you're going to ask like, what is this team? I team's identity. And you know, it's the, it's the flash of Austin Matthews and, and Marner and Nylander right now. And the core four, that's kind of their identity, but the other side of that is inconsistency and not knowing what to expect from, from night to night. And that's not a great quality to have. You look at the other teams that go deep and you look at their opponent last night, like they have an identity, right? They've proven they can access it all the time. They can go deep in the playoffs. They're Stanley cup uh, contenders last year, and they know what to do as a team And it, whether it's a system or a philosophy or a mindset, you have to find it within the room and have to have everyone on board. And the Leafs just continue to search for that. Can you tell me what's going on with these too many men penalties? Like that's, that's eight on the season. Like uh, again, that game was gift wrapped late. The Leafs get a double minor power play, four minute power play to end the game and into OT and they couldn't execute. And I think Florida's PK deserves a lot of respect and credit for the way they played last night, really styming Toronto's uh, potent power play. But that's eight too many men penalty, dude. Like they're 20 games into the season. And unfortunately, like this isn't a theme, a trend for just this season. It's been a thing big time over the last like three, four, five years under Sheldon Keefe. It's nuts. Who do you blame for that? I blame the guys behind the bench. It's, uh, you know, you're the one calling out the lines. You're the one who has everyone prepared to go out in what situation. And if <clears throat> I don't know if he's trying to line match too heavily and switching guys at the last minute and, you know, one guy. You know, he does that, you know, mid shift when he's already called out one line, he might switch it to something else. The one guy's grabbing a drink or talking to the trainer, doesn't really see it, thinks he's still going out, things like that. But eight on the year is unacceptable. I mean, that's massive. We're 20 games in. It's like, what percentage of the games are you taking a too many men penalty? Are you kidding me? That's it's outrageous. Half. And to me, it's the captain of the ship at the helm that that decides who's going out and when. And it could be on the back end as well calling out, uh, you know, the defense pairings. But when you got guys jumping and they're not supposed to be there, you know, if they just jump too early, that's on the player. But it seems like it's a 
It's a lack of understanding of who's going out next. And that is absolutely on the back end. And for how much Keith likes to jumble the lines and mix things up and let me try this, let me try that. I don't know this for sure, but it seems like it could be, you know, him changing his mind at the last minute on who's going out with who and against who and overthinking it and leading to way too many, too many men penalties. That's a, that's just a, that's just a costly mistake that absolutely does not need to happen. That's nearly 50% of the games. I know I'm no mathematician, but to take eight and 20 games is just unacceptable. Like, I don't, again, to me, it's simple. I'm right there with you. It's the coach, right? And there's a reason why they pan to Sheldon Keefe every time a too many men on the ice penalty takes place, right? It's it's incumbent on the coaching staff to figure that out. Yeah, it is. I mean, you're you're always listening for who's up back there, and and usually there's you know you know what to expect with the way they roll the lines. You can look at the situation that's happening in front of you and and kind of understand and guess who's up next. The guy's gonna call it out behind you, and you're ready and you're prepared, and you and your partner or you and your line mates know who you're taking off the ice, and it it's usually works pretty simply. Everyone knows what's going on, and clearly clearly that's not the the case on the Toronto Maple Leafs bench guys are getting confused guys are going when they they shouldn't and not going when they should and um I don't think it's a a case of changing when you shouldn't be you know changing on the back check changing at odd times I'm sure sometimes the puck comes over to your feet while you're making a making a line change and one guy's stepping off and one guy's stepping on it touches your foot okay that that's kind of understanding but that happens once in a blue moon and this eight in in 20 games is just uh, it's mind blowing. And you think after four and five and six, you'd make sure you shore that up and they still haven't. So it's it's a head scratcher for sure. You just you can't spot a, a team every other game, a, a power play for something that's silly. The best parts, everybody's fucking shocked that it takes place. They're looking around. What's going on? Keeps looking at the tablet. Like the, it's the same fucking rodeo and same soap opera every time it happens. Like, you know, Keith looks down at the tab. He's like, oh, shit. Here we go again. It's like never their fault. Like, I, I don't know. It's the same old like communication issue. It has yeah. to be from the from the back of the bench to the players. It's got to be that you just can't rack up that many too many men's without something funky happen with the coaching calls. Meantime, the following interview is brought to you by Sober Carpenter. Hold the alcohol. Keep the flavor. Enjoy a range of non-alcoholic beers. So good that you'll think it's the real thing. Look for Sober Carpenter at Sobeys, Loblaws, Whole Foods, Metro, Farm Boy, and other retailers today, as we bring in today's guest, making his first ever appearance on Leafs Morning Take, it is Jeff O'Neill from TSN, former Maple Leaf. O-Dog, what's happening, buddy? How you doing, guys? Nick, Rosie, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Hey, our thanks pleasure. Uh, well, you know, let's start right there. We we're talking about the too many on the too many men on the ice penalties. Um, what do you attribute that to? That oh, <laughs> I have no idea, man. <laughs> I used to think, and Rosie, I don't know what you think about it, but. I thought like two a year was a lot or something like that. You know what I mean? To have like eight at before Christmas time, it's, it's insane. And I mean, regardless if it's like the change from last night or whatever the hell's going on, it, it's got to stop because it's nonsense. It's just, I, I don't know. I know Babcock used to have a system where like the centerman on the line that was coming up, he would generally go on the ice first, regardless of who came off. And that could kind of mix things up a little bit, but whatever it is, man, it's just, it, it, it's a bad look. It's kind of a disorganized look and it, it kind of reflects on Sheldon Keith because whatever the hell's going on, it makes the coach look disorganized behind the bench and whether that's fair or not fair, that's the optics of it. And when you have that many, it's just like, 
And if he ever gets on the real hot seat, it could be like, how can we keep this going? Like, th- th- this is insane. Uh, like, every game with Duffy, I talked to him on the panel. I'm like, man, that's three or four, like, too many men. And then it's like four or five. And then it's like up to eight. I'm like, this is officially nonsense. I'd like to see if it's uh, more probable at home. And that would tell me that he's trying to last minute flip the lines to to do some line matching with the last change or whatever. But, you know, on the fly, you know, you know who's coming up. If you're not that guy, you're, you're probably sitting there talking to your line mates quick or doing something and you're not expecting to go right back out. And they're getting confused somehow. They don't know what's going on. And that just screams the the head coach to me. And if it happens on the back end, then it's the guy running the D, but it's, it's just, it's like 40 some percent of the games. You're taking a too many men. You just can't spot that to the teams in the NHL and not expect to pay dearly. Absolutely. And I was pretty clear. Like I knew which line I was playing against. And when I was at the top of my game, I was playing with top line centermen. And if Mike Medano or Joe Sackick or Forsberg were going over the board, Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Or one of his line mates, I kind of knew that I was going up. It's just like no one else is going up. It's, it just doesn't seem that complicated. But to have that many, that's just one little thing, guys. And I think there's three or four things that they really need to clean up. But that's that's on the top three or four on the list because it's just it's just – it's just a goofy look. It's like, why is no one else around the league have that many? Why do you have so many? It's just a bad look and they better clean it up. And it feels like uh, it's borderline incumbent, not even borderline on the head coach. Uh, what did you think of Keith going like full pack Quinn behind the bench last night? I just think he's seen enough of the nonsense. I've, I've you know, I've gone through games and prep for the panel work and the pregame shows and, and just simple things like the amount of times that this team turns the puck over, it's it's alarming. I mean, if you break it down and you're actually looking for it, like just, and I just, I, I titled it like valuing the puck. And it, it's so hard to get the puck. And when you do, and the thing I can't figure out is these guys are like, they want to be a possession team. They want to hold on to the puck. They want to make these plays. 
but they're just careless with it. And I think Sheldon Keefe had finally seen enough of it where Tyler Bertuzzi just lost control inside the blue line. But what I don't understand is there's 600 examples of that over the last five games. I don't know why it took them so long to lose it. It's just, and it just goes back to coaching again. Like, you know, we were talking about grades last night on the panel about the different players and the coach. And I think, you know, and Rosie, I, I don't know what your thoughts on this are, but like you were a, you were a, a strong four checking player. You were a tough guy. And it's like, the coach isn't going to tell you how to fight or help you fight or know when to do it. That like that's just your own little thing or for a skilled player, that's not really coaching, but what happens away from the puck guys, like turnovers and systematic play and aggressiveness and demanding the same thing out of every player. I think that's on the coach and it's just hasn't been there this year. And I think he finally decided and I don't know why it took him so long. I was kind of happy to see it where it's like enough's enough. Like you, you want to keep the puck. Like it just, that's why they can't put teams away. They're up to nothing. And all of a sudden it ends up two two, and they either win or lose. And they just have so many opportunities where they don't hang on to that puck. And I think he just finally saw enough where he said, screw this. I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. And it, it's, it seems like he's tiptoeing around criticizing the team. He wants to be that player's coach. It's the new NHL with these younger type of players that react differently to criticism. Okay, fine. But it's still the NHL. They're still men. They still get paid a lot to do a job. And when they're messing around like that, I mean, I love to see it again too. like lose it on the bench. This is a high intensity, um, you know, high emotion game. And, and you need that sometimes. And it, it, it's to your point when, you have what you have and you need that identity of, okay, we got that two goal lead. Now we know what to do. We know how to protect it. We know how to support each other. We know how to be on the D side of the puck. And they just don't have any of that. It's like, Oh, we're winning like street hockey style. Like, let me see if I can thread this one behind my God. And it's just, it's head scratching. And it, like, how many times does it have to blow up in your face exactly. to realize maybe we should cut that shit out? And maybe it's because the coach never calls them out and it's always acceptable and they're always going to try it. So now, I don't know if he clamps down a little bit. That's the last thing you, that's the one thing you have to try. Like lay the hammer on these guys, let them hear it when they're pulling that, that roller hockey bullshit and and give it to them let them know and they'll maybe you know they need that and they can snap out of it and say all right i gotta tighten up with all that garbage turnover stuff and, and start playing the way you need to play to win in the nhl but rosie the thing is like all the playoff losses where you see teams the way they play in the playoffs and teams like the vegas golden knights and the florida panthers like how many times and how many years do you have to see it and watch it where it's like if this group of players, and I was thinking about it last night, like just to get out of this funk, if they really just simplified their game and, and played a really simple game and just battled their asses off and thought about one-on-one -on -one individual battles and simplify and work and grind on a cycle game, and then their skill can come out after that. It's like once you get a team tired, then you could make a skill play. But to think skill first, has burned them so many times and it just doesn't work. You're just, these guys, as good as they are, they're not Mario. I, I played against yeah. Mario where he could skill it. He could skill it. And just to, you know, he would put his arm up on the boards at the far blue line and rest on the boards. And then all of a sudden get a breakaway and score, but there's only one Mario. 
these guys are good, but they're not that good. And the way that other teams check if they don't have skill, like you're just not going to get away with it. So if they just have like a, like just caveman hockey, I call it, like get it in, get after it. Austin Matthews, I saw him throw a check and he destroyed that D-man against the boards. I'm like, just give a little more, but more of that. You're not scoring yeah. right now, so do something physical. Like just help your team in a different way. And it's it's almost like they totally just need to change the approach of what they're doing out there and just work your ass off and be a hardworking, grinding team and don't give up a lot and see what see how that works. Like you, you've tried this skill nonsense for so long and it might get you into the playoffs. In the past, it's gotten them 105 points, top of the Atlantic all the time or around there. But it doesn't win squat in the playoffs. So I don't know why they think that that's a, re- like a, a way to succeed. I have no idea. And maybe finally now they might be realizing they got to approach it a different way. Like, what? why not? Yeah, you hope so. Because you play that way you're talking. I mean, people are screaming for that. Like, where's the intensity? Where's the where's the chasing it down like as fast as you can? And running their demon and getting in those battles in the corner and cycling it around and, you know, just making the smart play, the high percentage play. It's always like, oh, why is he doing that? Or God, did he just try that? And like you say, they don't value puck possession. I mean, when you get that puck, that's important to be so nonchalant about it. And you know that the turnovers kill you. You know that the fancy stuff kills you. If you play like you just described, with all the skill that they have, they're going to get their cookies. You're going to play like that, and the skill's gonna, the chances are going to come. You're going to find your openings, and those guys will take care of business when that when those openings happen. And wow, well, that's the team that 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 organization looks like on paper. That's what it's supposed to be. But when they come out on the ice all the time and do something completely different, I think that's what gets fans in such a tizzy because it's it's basically unacceptable and there's no reason for it. And everyone's capable of playing the way we're describing, but no one seems to be interested in doing it. I know. Isn't like Florida living proof uh, of a team that could sort of flip the script where they were sort of baby shit a couple of years ago, soft as shit. And then Paul Maurice comes in and, and that's why I wonder if it could be the coach, like the buy-in from the Panthers. If you remember a couple of years ago, it was like seven, five hockey games all the time. You would never think in a, in a world where they'd win two, one grinding games, but that's what they did in their run last year. Like that's, you start to wonder, is it the coaching, right? Nikki, like there's one other factor in that equation. Okay. okay, if you go to Florida Panthers and they were winning seven five and six two and all this nonsense, Jonathan Huberto was a part of that. And he was getting points. He was a hundred and fifteen mm-hmm. point guy. And guess what part of the switch was? It was Paul Maurice coming in, but it's also Matthew Kachuk buying in and saying, "You got to finish every check. Every puck has got to be contested because that is our only chance to win right now. And if we do that, and if Bobrovsky plays the way he can, and the power play is productive." and their productive guys can be opportunistic and score goals at key times in games, that's the recipe for success. And that can take you all the way to the Stanley Cup final. But to think skill first is, I think, completely insane. And one example of it is, and I don't want to just pile on top of Austin yeah. and Mitch Marner, but I believe it was the series against the Florida Panthers where it was a tight game. And Mitch tried some kind of back pass. And then Austin Matthews tried to flip it in the air in his own zone and juggle it out of the zone. And it ended up in the back of their net. It's like, why would you ever think that that was going to be a play in the Stanley cup playoffs that would ever work? So I don't know, guys. I mean, we've gotten this far with this group to tell the, to ask them to completely change the way they play. There is some high end talent, man. It's some of the best in the league, but 
just the simple philosophy of work before skill. Like Claude Noel, I had him on the panel one night and he used that phrase one night. It was just work before skill. And it's very simple, but it's very to the point and it's very effective. If your best players like just work their ass off and their skill shines after that, you're, you're always going to have a chance to win. And it's to your point, the, the quote I always like is, uh, Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And there's two shining examples. The Florida Panthers, the way they work and the way they put their game towards a playoff style of hockey and the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's polar opposites. Yeah, like you say, the the Maple Leafs can get 110 points in the regular season, but you bring that kind of play into the playoffs. It's a different ball game. Why do you think they floundered every single goal? damn season for years and years and years playing that style of hockey with this group it doesn't work in the playoffs and that's why fans and people around the Leafs nation are pulling their hair out so change I know you would think it would only take one playoff series for like a coming to Jesus meeting <laughs> from the coach or somebody to say yeah. okay guys I let you try your way and now it's going to be my way and it's non-negotiable. And if you don't want to buy in and do it, then maybe we got to find somewhere else for you because I don't know. I think I always say guys in pro sports of all the big pro sports, it's like NHL playoffs and what works in the playoffs. It completely, you know, the switch flips in the playoffs where the game is completely different. Like there's a lot of no hitters in the regular season, man. Like there's some nights where it's like, this game basically isn't worth watching. I think the games this year have been good. There's been some intensity, but there's still some doozies. But as soon as playoff time starts, every time you touch the puck, when you play a quality team, a team that's real deal and they're serious about stuff, you're going to get your head plastered through the glass. So do you want to be involved in something like that or not? Because that's what it ends up being about. Everybody's got all these fancy ways of looking at the game and I'm not discrediting their information or saying they're not smart people because they are all very smart. And the, some of the stuff they pull up is very good. But when it comes to playoff, man, you, you can just throw that stuff right in the garbage. I'm sorry. That's just, that's just the way it is. Oh, last one before we get you out here. And uh, Rosie, I want you in this conversation too. Uh, if you're Max Stomey, do you think twice about doing that again where you just get pumped and then you're, you're fucking taunting Sam Bennett about his lid? Would you do that? Oh. Um, I don't know. My hair is so gray right now. I, I wouldn't be talking about anybody's hair, but I thought it was, I thought it was great for Max that he just said, you know, there's been so many times where we're questioning, is anybody just, just going to do anything? Yeah. So at least he's got the stones to show up. I don't think the fight turned out the way he wanted to, but there's been so many times where it's like, does anybody, does anybody want to grab a guy like Sam Bennett? And it's either like we have a heavyweight or we don't. And nobody in the middle of the lineup wants to do something like that. So I don't think, I mean, if you're a fan of the Maple Leafs or the players on the bench, you're happy that you're at least standing up. And last night it like, I just hope it could be a stepping stone where it's like the period first period was garbage. I thought they were getting beat on individual battles and it was like, Mm -hmm. Oh God, here we go again. But it's almost like they had to get the rock bottom to say, we've had enough of this garbage. Let's, let's sort our way out of it. So I was happy to see Max do that. Yeah. When we were talking about Sam Bennett and kind of that revenge thing from the playoffs with Matthew Nyes, my mind went right to Max Domi. Like there's a guy that could get in his face and say, Hey buddy, remember us? Like, and he did to his absolute credit. And I don't know if I thought he was a little more skilled at the tough stuff than, than he is. I remember him just KOing Kessler back in the day. I remember him throwing hard and confidently with his head up. I mean, he went after Sam Bennett there. 
and ended up with his head between his legs, holding on to his hamstrings with one of his gloves still on. I'm like, what the hell were you preparing for, Max? Like you were going after Sam and you ended up in that position. I mean, shit happens. I usually don't care about the outcome of a fight. Just, But like, I kind of thought he had a little more understanding of, of that job than that. But uh, again, things happen. And then afterwards at the penalty box, I just think that's uh, just immaturity right there. I don't know why you'd... Uh, Kind of get, eat your lunch a little bit and just go to the go to the penalty box, have the boys banging on the board. I would just and, hey, be going to the going. penalty box. But as far as a fight, I think he just lost his balance. And I understand yeah. he had an understanding that he was in a bad spot right there. But Sam Bennett, guys, is an example mm-hmm. of a player that came into the league and he was this high scoring junior player. And it's almost like he was one of those guys where it was like Calgary was like, oh, if he stays, if he stays, if he goes, that's fine too. And then he became this physical presence with the Florida Panthers where it's like he'll beat the crap out of you. He'll finish his check every time. And you want to talk about a guy that's valuable in playoffs? Like that's a guy right there that figured out what works in the league. And now I would have that guy on my team any damn day of the week because I think come playoff time, he can hurt somebody. He can take someone out of the opposition's lineup. I just think he's really valuable. And he figured it out and good on him. Couldn't do a pull-up, right? Oh, couldn't do a pull-up, and yeah, he's come exactly. a long way here. Yeah, right? but he can punch your face sure. in and, and, and separate your shoulder with a hit. Take that any day of the week. Uh, oh, this has been a blast, man. Really, really appreciate today. Guys, thanks for having me. We'll do it again soon. Sounds appreciate good. It, the one and only uh, Jeff O'Neill from TSN, former Toronto Maple Leaf. You guys got to check out Overdrive. If you're not watching that show, if there's one other Leaf show we'll promote here that we don't even paying them any money or they're not paying us any money. It's overdrive. Those guys are fantastic. And now we've had all three on the show. Once again, many thanks to Jeff O'Neill, but I couldn't agree more. It's just Rosie. Like it just feels like every year it's the same old episode where it's like, you're waiting for this Leafs team to change. And I just don't know if it's going to change. I think they are who, who they are. And I think it's good to bring up the Florida Panthers because they were that team and, and really changed their philosophy the last couple of years. I know. I really think O hit the nail on the head and he usually does. He's one of my guys that, uh, that I like to watch and listen to and always pay attention because he's got a full rational, logical take. That's usually right on the money. And that's exactly that. Like we can spin a yarn and dissect whatever we want, but at the end of the day, this roster with these players on it should be better, but they're not playing the right kind of hockey. I mean, simple as that. And it's a mindset, it's a culture, it's a system, call it whatever you want. But that's not playoff hockey. I mean, don't those guys the last year say, get into the playoffs and realize, holy shit, look at how teams are playing us as soon as the puck drops, game one of the playoffs. Everyone is watching the first round of the playoffs because it is just balls out, physicality, hard work, lunchbox type hockey. And yes, the goals still get scored. Yes, the skill shines through at the end of the game, but it's about how you go about it in order to keep the momentum, keep puck possession, stay out of your zone, keep the puck out of your net. You got to play a certain way against a team that's doing that. And we just don't have, it's like we don't know or don't realize. Not, I just don't believe that they're not capable of it. Every single guy is capable of, of playing like a little bit more of a bulldog. You move your goddamn feet as hard as you can while you're out there. When a guy's got the puck, you go towards him if he's your guy, and you go through him. You don't wave your stick and, and hit your brakes and kind of shadow an angle. Go right the fuck through him. See if you can come up with the puck. 
The next guy's coming with his feet moving like crazy to support you. Little chip to him. Boom, you're down in the ozone and everyone's flying. Like, and then you open up your 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 areas for the skilled players. I mean, it's so simple, but these guys just want to, like O says, flip it up in the air and see if I can land it on his stick on the other side. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Get, 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 get a hold of what you're doing in, in what league you're in, man. That doesn't work, even for Austin Matthews, even for Mitch Marner. They have proven that. You're not good enough to play that hockey. Pretty much nobody is besides guys I can count on one hand. So why are you trying it? it, it it's so frustrating, man. Rosie, I'm just going to get you to try and reset here as I read this ad read. Because again, uh, your, your, your thing's malfunctioning a bit. So reset. Uh, I'll read this ad read right now. We'll bring Rosie in for the final segment here of the show. This segment is brought to you by Charmin Diamond Centers. Get custom ring building delivered in less than four weeks with the Charm Masterpiece program and an unbeatable pricing policy. The holidays are coming up. It's the perfect, perfect time excuse me, to check out a large selection of Canadian lab-grown diamonds, mine foods, and don't pay until 2025 with their instant in-store financing, OAC. Charm Diamond Centers has given you a chance to win a $5,000 gift card, become a Charmpion with the propose, how would you propose one knee, the bend, would you snap, send us your best thought, uh, tag at Charm Diamonds on Instagram in a post or story with a video or photo of your pro post. Be sure to hashtag the propose to be entered. For more information, go to CharmDiamondCenters.com as uh, we get set to bring Jay Rosehill back in the mix. Think you're good to go. Let's have the Corey Perry conversation, Rosie. So yesterday we talked about the fact that things were percolating on the Perry front. His contract's now going to be terminated by the Chicago Blackhawks. Simple question for you. Assuming this guy becomes a UFA at some point over the next couple weeks, couple months, if you're the Leafs, should you be interested? Do you want to be interested in Corey Perry? Yes, I do. Oh. A guy with that much grit and experience and understanding of the playoffs, we absolutely need him. I do not care. Rosie, we're going to have to try to have you connect uh, again because uh, he cut out again. But I'll piggyback off that. Um, and it's funny that Rosie said that. And the reason why I responded that way is because he didn't think it was the right decision yesterday. But now he's sort of changed his focus. And I think where he was going with that, I think on the surface, you look at the player, Corey Perry, and you say, hey, this guy can really help this Maple Leafs team, specifically in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Hell, you look at last spring, six-game series against the Leafs, five points. Um, and it's, it, it's just one of those things where I really feel like a guy compare like, like Perry can be a playoff performer. Having said that, do I think the Leafs are going to go after him? Probably not. I think uh, specifically in this era, and we, we don't know the whole story regarding Corey Perry, but specifically in this era, like, let's not forget and lose sight of the fact that this is a team that changed their goal song because it didn't even have lyrics in the song, but it referenced something that they weren't happy about. Uh, you know, somebody complained. So I, I think it's unlikely as we get Rosie back in the mix here. I think it's unlikely, but would I, if I were the GM, regardless of everything that's transpiring right now, we don't know the whole story. Corey Perry unequivocally would help this team, Rosie. Yeah, I would have to agree, man. I would, especially when you're going to scoop him up for league minimum, his career just took a wild turn. Um, I don't, it's not my business what he does with yeah. people or conduct, as long as it's not illegal 
you know, whether he cheats on his wife or does this, I'm, I'm talking about hockey here, you know, that's no good. And of course, and frowned upon, but if it wasn't the, Chicago Blackhawks handling that situation. I don't think he would be off the team right now. I think it would be a sit down. Uh, I, in in from what I can tell, he fooled around with a staff member, and after what the the Chicago Blackhawks went through with that debacle of a Kyle Beach story, um, they're not taking any chances. They took a lot of heat yeah. for that, and they made sure that they got it right this time in their opinion. So they covered their ass is what happened. And I believe if that happened in any other organization, it would be a private sit down conversation. And for that reason, I would be interested in Corey Perry. He brings a lot to the table. Again, I'm not signing a guy because he's uh, the greatest husband. It's not, we're talking hockey here and he could help the Toronto Maple Leafs. You could get him for cheap. He has tons of experience and he plays a way that all these guys need to learn. And I would be super interested in him. But like you said, I doubt that is going to happen for optics reasons. Very doubtful, but there's going to be a team like there's going to be a team. You would have to think that goes out there and says, hey, we're going to look past this. It happens in pro sports, whether you agree with it or not all the time. We're going to look past this whole mess. He has 16 points or nine points in 16 games this year. He's 38, but he's got a boatload of experience. He's got pedigree. He steps up large when it matters most. Like there's just so many checklist items that if I were the Leafs, how am I not interested? And uh, I think some people in the chat make a good point. Maybe you replace a Ryan Reeves on the fourth line with a Corey Perry. Would you do that and just bury Ryan Reeves? You know, to bury him, you could pull him in and out. Yeah, you could pull him in and out like necessary, like we talked about. Um, That's an option for sure, you know, and especially when you're getting him for so cheap, man. I mean, I I don't imagine, I think someone's going to sign him, but I don't think he's going to have $3 million offers coming to him by any stretch of the imagination. So I think you could scoop him for close to league minimum and see if he can, you know, he's going to want to repair his image and repair the way people look and think about him now after this scandal if you want to call it but uh like for the same reasons we just said i think people are going to want to maybe not jump on board optic wise and whoever decides to this storyline is going to go away and someone's going to be left with Corey perry for cheap it is uh very well said so we'll see what happens in the Corey perry front you would think maybe a grievance is coming that way too so i don't think there's going to be um you know decision made uh, on this one way or another over the next week or so but I think it's definitely a conversation we're going to have over the next couple of months because I do truly feel like he's a player who can help this Maple Leafs roster out big time. Brought to you by Batano, the 2023 EGR winner for both the Best Sportsbook Operator of the Year and Best In-Play Sports Operator Awards. The game starts now. Very light slate in the NHL. One thing I was looking at, the New York Rangers, Detroit Red Wings. I know Patrick Kane was on the ice for the morning skate. Doesn't sound like he's going to play a game till next week. I may be wrong, but... I'm going to ride with the uh, the New York Rangers tonight in a bounce-back game. They were throttled by the Buffalo Sabres the other night. The Rangers have been one of the better stories in the league this year. And Detroit's been hot. But I, I like the Rangers to beat Detroit tonight. Yeah, I like it. Like you said, they, uh, they've they been a hot team and they're, they're needing to bounce back. Usually quality teams like that can figure it out after a loss. And they're, they're looking for revenge and to redeem themselves. So that's a good play. All right, getting set for uh, tomorrow's show, Rosie, where we're going to tee up the Leafs and the Seattle Kraken. Dave Haxtell revenge, and if you do recall, the Kraken always seemed to play the Maple Leafs strong, but I want to see them go on a bit of a string, build off that game, play that grinding style. I think Seattle could bring that as well. They got Boston coming up on Saturday to end up this uh, three-game homestand, but 
I, I like what O said about it being a stepping stone game. I think there's that potential there for this Maple Leafs team. There just has to be some buy-in. I think the fact that you won a game where you didn't have your best outing and your goalie stole the show, you need those sometimes. So we look forward to tomorrow's show, Rosie. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully they're building some, putting some building blocks together. That's what we're doing. We're hoping, hoping, hoping. Fingers crossed and uh, delighted to report as well. Uh, Friday and Monday shows, the one and only Bruce Boudreaux is going to co-host with me on Friday and Monday. So looking forward to his insight. Gabby's been a a regular occurrence on this show. And uh, uh, contract talks were quick yesterday with Gabby to say, hey, you want to step in for the mighty Jay Rosehill Friday and Monday? And he said, hell fucking yeah. So Gabby's coming on the show Friday and and then Monday as my co-host. Easy decision. I uh, look forward to watching that, boys. He's like, those are big skates to fill, but I'll try my best. So uh, that's Jay Rosil. I'm Nick Alberga. Once again, thank you to everybody in the chat uh, at the Leafs Nation 401. You're the big reason why we're able to get the heavy hitters like Bruce Boudreaux and Jeff O'Neill stop by the show as well. And many thanks to O for dropping by today. Just tremendous, tremendous insight. And uh, we'll work our best to maybe get O on in the show, on the show, I should say, more frequently than we have in the past. That was his first ever appearance. And I just think he brings a different dynamic Different perspective to the show. Many thanks to producer Aaron as well. And we'll talk on Thursday. Take care. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit that subscribe button and never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. T-H-E-L-E-A-F-S-N-A-T-I-O-N.com. <laughs> you don't know how to spell the Leafs Nation. You know what I mean? Um, but hey, sometimes you never know. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, practice makes perfect. That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, Create custom chores and automate allowance while kids track their spending, set savings goals and practice money skills they can use today and for life. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style and you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one of a kind body conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.